Anybody excited to be in the house of God tonight? I mean, I mean, like, I don't know. Today was crazy. Like, it's wet outside. It's really raining. But, like, I couldn't wait to get here. I mean, it's something about pressing your way through it. Sometimes it's a press. Tonight wasn't no press at all. I was like, God, I'm just, I'm just in awe with him. Sometimes I think we take things for granted. I mean, let's think about it. If we're married, sometimes we may take our spouse for granted. If you have a job, maybe sometimes you take getting a paycheck for granted. But sometimes God just taps me on the shoulder and reminds me how much I need to be grateful for who he is. Amen. And that's exactly what I wanted to do tonight. Well, I'm excited tonight. My name is Derek. Uh, as Pastor Misty mentioned, um, my wife and I oversee with discipleship directors here. And I'm honored to stand before you tonight. And the charge I have tonight is to talk about faith. Now, what I love about faith is this. It's the foundation of what we believe every day. But this is what I love about Harvest Church specifically. We are a church that invites people regularly. So whether you're brand new and you're listening online or you're in the building now and you're brand new to the faith, you're like, I need to know more about faith. Or if you've been saved since Abraham. Yeah, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's still good to be reminded exactly what we need to believe on and how. Because, again, sometimes we take for granted some of the things that God has done for us. So I promise you, if you open your ears and your heart tonight, you will be blessed. So, again, we're talking about faith. Faith is one of those words that do this. It's kind of like a generic word. Sometimes we throw it around too loose. We just kind of say, oh, faith in this, faith in that. But tonight I want to talk about biblical faith. So right off the gate, I want you to think on some things. Is there anything in your life right now that you need to place your faith on? Like, I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. But tonight, I want you to think. If you can start now, it's great. So as we progress in this message, that thing can come to, come to pass, and you can be strengthened as you believe on that thing. Maybe it's a new job you're looking for. Maybe you're praying for a job that you really enjoy going to. Maybe for you it's a health issue. You just got a doctor's report, and you believe in God for something greater in that aspect. Maybe you're praying for the right relationships, the right friendships, that spouse or that mate. Maybe you're praying to be debt-free. Maybe you're praying for a better marriage. Maybe you're praying for a wayward child or salvation of a family member. Tonight, I want you to really grab hold to whatever you need your faith on and watch what happens as we go forth. Go forth. So tonight, we're going to increase our faith and we're going to starve our doubts. So tonight, simple, simple message. I'm going to talk about three questions I want to answer tonight. Number one, what is faith? Number two, why do we need faith? And number three, how do we get or grow in our faith? Sounds simple enough, but watch how I break it down. First one is this. I love note takers, so if you have a device, a cell phone, a tablet, whatever, if you're at home, write it on a piece of paper, whatever you need to do, remember these things. Because when God recalls it, or you're going through something, sometimes you have to go back to that thing and remember. Watch this. Number one, it says, is, is what is faith? So Google defines faith as this. Yeah, I said Google. Google says, faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It makes sense. Strong belief in God or doctrines of a religion based on a spiritual apprehension rather than proof. So Google defines it as that. So based on that definition, we place faith in a lot of things. I mean, think about it. We, we put faith in maybe our doctors. I mean, I just had a recent doctor appointment and 
I truly respect the years of education they got to do what they do. So I want to trust them. Maybe you have your faith in a political party. Maybe your faith is on a certain diet, the latest medications. Maybe your faith is in a close friend or a spouse. But tonight I want to talk about the faith that God talks about in his word. So the way the Bible defines faith, let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance. The scripture starts off and says, now faith. I, I remember how my dad used to preach this. He, he would say, he would say uh, um, it was like calling out uh, a dog. He would say, Rover, I got a dog named Jersey. My dad would always say, it's like calling Jersey and saying, come here, Jersey. Jersey's in another room. He's eating or something. And I call him. He comes to me. Once he comes here, I don't need to call him anymore. I called him because he wasn't here. When he comes, I no longer need my faith to say, where is Jersey? When that thing shows up, I no longer need it for that. So now let me take my faith to something else. I even like how Dr. Tony Evans defines faith. I wish I could have done it like this. He said, faith is simply acting like God is telling the truth. Wow. Think about that for a minute. If we really believed and acted upon everything we heard that God said, how different would our lives be? See, those of you that know me, I'm, I'm one that tries to live a life of integrity, of character. That's just, that's just what I do. And, and, and I'm a flawed man. I make mistakes. I do things, but... I don't like when somebody questions, like, what I meant by something or, you know, I, I don't, like, if they question my integrity, that kind of bothers me. I don't go around chasing rumors. I don't do anything like that. However, I want my integrity to be what it is. We have leaders and pastors the same way, and they teach us the same thing. We don't chase things that we know are not true. However, it does sting a little bit. Now, if that's how I feel, imagine God, the perfect one the creator, the one who's never made a mistake ever in his life. He has to sit here day by day and watch people call him a liar. Ooh. Now, now I know you might be sitting there like, Derek, I ain't never called that man a liar. And I probably have never either just like that. I've never said, God, you're just a liar. Be quiet. However, I've acted as if what he said wasn't true. Now, let me go back to the definition I just gave you because Dr. Tony Evans, here's his longer definition. I really wish I came up with this quote. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. Hey, that was nice, so I'm going to say it twice. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it's not so, that it, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. That's good right there. I don't care who you are. <laughs> Pastor says, say it one more time. He's trying to get it. All right. Faith, this is Dr. Tony Evans that, made, that had this quote. Faith is acting like it is so, even when it is not so in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. Wow. Faith. So it's clearly defined as a substance. 
substance. But it also requires action. Think about it. Faith is a substance that's asking me to do something. James 2 verse 26 says this. It says, so then, as the body without the spirit is dead, also faith without actions is dead. Faith without works. Another verse says it, another translation. Faith without actions. Faith without works. Faith without doing something is dead. Once you put feet to your faith, if you believe what you're hearing, what keeps us from sometimes doing exactly what we heard? 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Here's the beauty of faith. Faith is meant to be a lifestyle and not just an event. See, some of you right now are sitting here, you're like, I remember when I, back in 1998, I had faith to get this new car. And like you got this, this experiential one moment of faith. No, no, the Bible says to live by faith. Like that, for, for me, faith is just how I roll. Like faith is what I do. Like faith is saying, I trust you all the time. Like, not hit and miss, not when it feels right, not when it's convenient. It's a lifestyle of faith. The truth, one thing I like about Hebrews, uh, and, and as the writer, the author of Hebrews writes, he, he defines faith in the first verse, but then he goes down and he starts talking about the heroes of faith. He starts saying, you know, by faith this happened, and that happened, and this happened, and that happened. But faith acts before things happen. Every time you see in Scripture faith working, someone did something. So let me jump out real quick and say it like this. Faith does not come from just the experiences of God. And, and let me clarify, because you might be like, Derek, you're getting off a little bit. So if God does something for me right now, it's, it's fair to say maybe I believe I'll trust him. God, if I need the bill paid by the fifth of the month, if you come through, I'm good. And I'll believe that you're real. God, if I'm driving in the car and all oh, the lights just came on, oh, is that police? Popos behind me. Lord, I pray right now, if you allow them not to give me a ticket, I'll start praying more. God, if you heal my mama, I'll start coming to church every Sunday. Some of us say if we get the experience of that moment, then faith will be real in our lives. But I dare to say we'll still give an excuse to something else. Well, let me see where I'm coming from. Uh, what is it, back in Exodus 14? Remember the children of Israel? Bear with me. They're walking. They're leaving Pharaoh and all of his army. So they're walking up to the sea. And Moses is in front of them. And he sees water in front of him. And he looks behind him and Pharaoh and all his army coming. He has to do something. So he grabs his staff, that rod. And what happens to the, water, the Red Sea? It parts. Keep in mind, they then go through the waters in dry land. Okay, some of y'all are just too spiritual, but I'm just that plain guy. 
what just happened? When I hear that story, like, it used to just be this cute little children's story. But then I thought, I was like, so uh, we were just recently at Myrtle Beach. And I was looking at the ocean and all his beauty. And I was like, you mean he walked to the edge? And y'all know it starts with sand. And then it gets deeper and deeper. So he stood there. He was like, I'm not walking out there. I wanted all of that to just open up. Come on, picture with me. Use your mind's eye. Think, just use the imagery. They began to walk. And it just moved. So now when you start off, it's just low water, and you're walking, and it's, it's still dry because you're going through it. But somewhere deep sea fishing, y'all know the deep sea? You look up, and it's like 100 feet of water. Like you see whales and dolphins, and you're like, oh, my gosh. But they're floating beside you because swimming beside you because you're in the middle of dry land. Are y'all visualizing it? And then you have the nerve to get to the other end. Look back, and you see Pharaoh and all his men. And they're chasing, they're whipping the horses. They're coming to get you. Bam, bam, bam. They're getting you. They're coming. So as you're going, you're like, man, they're coming. You watch the waters collapse. What you say? And they all drown right in front of you. Now, again, I don't know about y'all, but I'm good. From that point on, I trust them. You a bad mamma jamma. You just killed everybody that was trying to get me. And you open that seat up. So now I'm sitting here. But what happened, a couple of days go by, maybe a couple months, I don't know exactly how long, but around Exodus 17, they start saying, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. Moses hits a rock and water comes from it. They have to quench some thirst. See, what I'm saying is people will still complain. People still, like, God can bless and do things, but we'll still find reasons to not maybe trust him again. Remember, if God got me through dry land, I'm sure he can do anything I need him to do. Somebody's getting this. Deuteronomy 29, verse 5, I think it was, it said, For 40 years their clothes and their shoes grew with them. Think about this for a minute. There's no Target. There ain't no Walmart. Anywhere in the wilderness. The clothes and the shoes didn't wear out while I'm going through the wilderness for 40 years? And I'm still questioning God? Some of y'all don't need another experience. You just need your faith to grow. See, some of y'all will say, God, if you just do this one thing, I'm good. That's what the people of Israel, I mean, the children of Israel, yeah, they they may have thought that. So what has God done for you? And have you forgotten already? See, that's why faith is real. I'm telling you tonight, pick your faith up. Pick your faith up. God is still the same today, yesterday, and forever. My God is good. Amen. What's the next one? Second question was this. Why do we need faith? Why is faith even important? Let's stay in the book of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 6 says it this way. But without faith... It is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me flip back again about to the front end of that scripture because I want to put my attention on the first nine words. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. The question I just asked is, 
why do I need faith? If you're taking notes, put this down. Why do I need faith? Number one is because faith pleases God. Yep, I told you. When I speak, I love to teach from a third grade education point. Because no matter what grade you're in, no matter of your age or your spiritual maturity, I want you to get it. If the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him, I want to please my God. I have a 12 and a 14-year-old right now at the house living with me. Yes, I love them most days. <laughs> if you're a parent with any children, you know what I just meant. Love my kids like ain't nothing else in the world. But watch this. Sometimes they do things. I remember, like, if my mom and dad were to see what I'm doing right now, or watching right now, I, one thing I love about my parents is I love to honor them or please them. Like, here's the thing. I wasn't scared of my parents. I didn't feel like I had to do this or that. They didn't call me to do that. It was just one of those things that, as a kid, I wanted to make them happy. Just point blank. Like, I just wanted to make them happy. And when I didn't, it was like, man, I messed up. Man, dad, was, dad thought I should have done that, but I didn't do it. So now that I'm a dad, I like when my kids do something right or they do something pleasing to me. Not because I said you better, just because it's good. We should want to please our Heavenly Father. Think about it. He does everything in the world for you. You don't worry about a thing. You just wake up and you're breathing. If you inhale and exhale right now, he just did that. When you really believe like, and think about how good he is, I just have to stop and say, thank you again, God. Like, you did that. So I want to please him in all that I do. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So why do I do it? Because it pleases God. Number two, because faith confirms that I believe God. Think about this. Faith says, I trust you, God. Excuse me. Somebody right here is listening, and they're kind of stuck. They're, they're kind of, you know, playing that fence, and they're like, you know what, I hear you, little bald-headed preacher. But what I'm questioning is, what will I do if what you're talking about is not for real? I had a guy ask me before, he said, well, what if the God you serve is not real? Mm, that's tough right there. Like, what if you do all this living, and then there's not really a heaven, like, it's just made up. Some of y'all thinking it right now. Here's the question. Back to him. What if he is? Whoa. Tell me what you believe. <laughs> so what's going to happen to you? Now, I have proof. I have the word of God. I have the scripture. I have so many reasons I've said this is where I put my faith the rest of my life, the rest of my days. Your turn. What's making you believe what you believe? Because here's the thing, guys. If God doesn't do one more thing for me, he's already done enough. God Almighty. I really mean that. If I go tomorrow, if he says all the blessings I've ever given you are gone right now, it's been worth it the whole time. See, that's because I put my faith right there. So somebody's listening right now, they're like, they're not sure. I just told you my why. You got to solidify your faith and say, this is what it is. Remember what I said, Dr. Tony Evans said, faith is acting like God is telling the truth. 
In other words, not having faith is calling him a liar. So I don't want to do that because I believe him, I think. God is saying, come on, confirm that you believe me. Show me what it is. So when I first got the topic and pastor said, you know, let's, let's talk about faith. I, the immediate, the story I always think about is, is um, in Daniel, the three Hebrew boys. Because, you know, he was like, I want you to, um, you know, worship this idol, da, da, da. And they were like, no, I'm not. It's all about God. <laughs> I'm skipping all this stuff. But at the end of the day, he throws them in a fiery furnace. Or he threatened to at one point. So at verse was 16, he said, Shadrach, Meshach. No, let's go to 17. If you, this is Daniel 3, verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us. I want you all to just hear the faith. From your majesty's hand. Verse 18 says, but even if he does not, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's going to do it. Then I had to say, but if he doesn't. Wait a minute, God, I'm going to need you to. If you, if you ask me to jump in that fire, I don't want to be questioning nothing because <laughs> it's hot. I'm a fireman. I know what heat feels like, and I don't want to get in there. So in case I'm wrong, please tell me now. He says, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods. Long story short, they turned it up hotter and hotter. They got mad. He was like, just turn them up. He started burning the people who were trying to throw him in there. They locked him up, they bound him, and they, he fell in. Verse 25 says something real good, though. He said, hold on, this is King Nebuchadnezzar. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the Son of God. Early in the story, he said, who is this man? What is this God you're talking about? Why won't you do what I need you to do? And now he's calling out the God that they serve. What I'm saying, sometimes, guys, your faith is not just about you. It's a witness to someone else on top of what he's doing for you. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't understand that it's bigger than just you. Mm. The day I had kids was the day I said I need to stop playing. Any areas I need to work out, I need to fix because my kids are watching. The day I got serious about being a man of God that wanted to marry a woman of God, I said I got to stop playing because one day I'm going to be somebody's husband. Some of you are listening now and you're saying, when will I get what I need? He said, when will you do what I'm telling you to do? Man, I had a friend that said all the time, I want a woman. She need to have a college degree. She need to be making this amount. She was doing all that. And he had none of them. You want her to have a master's degree? You ain't got an undergrad. I ain't mad at you, but listen what you're telling God to do. What are you working on? You want her to look like this and this, and you ain't taking care of yourself. Come on, think about it. All I'm saying is, what are you doing for you as you're putting faith on some other things? Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. You got to work on you. What are you doing to get the person, the life, the calling to God's call for your life? I love it. He said, look, it's a fourth man in the fire. Let me, let me keep moving. God is asking you tonight, what do you really believe? Because here's the truth. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm human. I, I like to think this regular way. Would you bless someone who really didn't believe in who you are? Like, God, I don't really believe you're telling the truth, but you mind blessing me? God, you're a liar, but can you heal my body? 
Like, I don't really trust you or want to act like it, but I need a raise on my job. How sad it is when we only pray to him when we need something. Step your faith up. Step your faith up. I want to encourage you tonight to have a lifestyle of faith. Not a momentary thing. Not this hit and miss. So why do we need faith? Because it pleases God. Why do we need faith? Because it proves that we actually believe him. All right, here's the last question. Well, how do I get faith? How do I actually grow in my faith? Pastor Kenneth E. Hagin said it like this. I like this. He said, God told us that without faith it's impossible to please him. He has also told us how to get faith. If we don't have faith, God is not to blame. To blame God for our lack of faith is nothing but ignorance. If we lack faith, then we are to blame. But I was like, hey, Pastor Hagin, that's kind of strong, but here's why. Because he knew what the scripture said. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and 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 hearing. I hope somebody's getting this. And hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why did I say hearing a bunch of times? I'm going to tell you in a minute. Because sometimes we just kind of need to keep hearing things. You can't come to church on Sunday for an hour and a half and hit every other Wednesday and live the rest of your life full of social media, your favorite TV shows, all the secular programs in the world, and we say, God, why aren't you doing things for me? God, I just need you. I just need you. And he's like, you gave me a patty cake 15 minutes this whole week. Sometimes God is asking us to do something. He says, faith comes by hearing. What are you hearing is my question. What are you putting inside of you? He told us how to get faith. He told us how to grow in our faith. You want to hear what God's saying? Open your Bible. <laughs> yeah, I can stop right there. I can close up the laptop and go home. If you want to hear what God sounds like, read his word. The word, if you're taking notes, put this down. The word produces faith for what it promises. The word produces faith for what it promises. Watch this. If you hear words of salvation, then it will produce faith for salvation. And see, I know, I understood when I read that scripture, Romans 10, 17, the Bible scholars in here might immediately say, well, in that context, he was talking about salvation. And he was. That's exactly what he was doing. But don't you think the principle of faith is still relevant in all areas? Here's what I mean. I said the word produces faith for what it promises. When you hear words of salvation, it produces faith for salvation. When you hear words for healing, it produces faith for healing. When you hear words of deliverance, it establishes faith for deliverance. No matter what context you want to flip it in, faith comes by hearing. I dare you right now, if you're going through something, an ailment in your body, sickness or whatever, take it. Like, play the word, hear the word, read the word on that topic. Watch your faith in that area grow. I'm challenging somebody. If you're needing 
assistance in your finances you wanted to grow. Find all the scriptures you can on money. It's like 2,000 of them. It's ridiculous how much he talks about that. And play them. And watch your faith in the financial area increase. Whatever area in your life, the Bible is there to give you the answers. For the scripture is the answer. When you receive the word, you, believe, you begin to think like God thinks. When you receive the word, you begin to know what God desires. When you begin to see the word, you begin to know what God likes and dislikes. The word will give you the answers. I'm going to leave you with two final nuggets. These are quick, these are just little add-ons. Allow God to promote endurance. James 1, verse 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come to your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. Why? For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The second nugget is be sure to do life with faith-filled believers. It's one thing we're big at at Harvest. You should never do life alone. Ever. We were made deficient by design. I need my brothers. I need my sisters. I need my pastors. I don't need to do life alone. Isolation is what the enemy wants of you. So then you sit in this corner and you get beat up. You get defeated. The enemy just says things to you. And you're like, I don't want, you know what? It ain't even worth it anymore. That's why I do life with faith-filled believers. Show me your three closest friends. I'll tell you where you'll be in the next three years. Because who you hang around is who you'll become. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron. As a friend sharpens a friend. When you do life together, you hear conversations of God's mercy. You rub shoulders with people that have good stories happening. Your faith is built. And you can't do that in isolation. Why do I need to come to Brave Saturday? Because I can see other men growing in their faith. Maybe you can say it's a Saturday and I got other stuff to do. Then do you, boo-boo. But I'm telling you this, if you're at home twiddling your thumbs and you're not at work, you're not with your kids at a game or something like that, why would you not come? Because my life is so important where I need to be somewhere. Again, if you got a job and you're working on say, I get it. But when you're not doing those things, why would you not? I want to grow. My reality is this, 365 days from every day I look at, I don't want to be the same person. You keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. Always wanting to grow. Let your faith grow. Today's somebody's challenge. Somebody's being increased. Somebody's saying, this is it. So in conclusion, this is what I want to say. Whether you're sitting here and you say, Derek, when I read the Bible, I really don't understand it. My question is, do you trust the author? When I read the Bible, I don't know what it means. My question is, do you trust who wrote it? The question of faith simply comes from the question of that integrity of the person you're asking about. 
I drew a line in the sand and I said, God, I trust you. Every single area there in my life. And my faith hasn't wavered since. Does God have your trust? Nobody knows but you. If you can really think about what faith means in your life, on a scale of one to ten, well, how would you call it? My faith is at a what? Concerning this issue I need to grow in, my faith is a what? What do you want it to be? What can you do to increase it? The answers were given tonight. He showed you what faith is. He showed you why you need it. But he also showed you how to get it. Faith. Foundation by belief. Foundation of what God has called us for. One thing about my walk with Christ, our walk with Christ, it's never about religion. It's about a relationship. How's your relationship? The closer I am with my wife, the more I trust her, the more I believe her, the more I have faith in her. You see what I just did there? The closer it is, the closer you become. Amen. Anybody get anything out of the night? Amen. Amen. I love y'all. And I'm so appreciative of your ears tonight. Listen, as we close and get ready to dismiss, I just want to encourage you to stay connected, to plug in, grow in your faith. No matter what your walk with Christ is right now, what level you're at, where you are, just keep chiming in. This is a faith-filled church right here. We have the best pastors in the world. We have the best members in the world. We have the best staff in the world. The best everything. I'm a little biased, but I believe it to be true. So get plugged in.